Indeed, and welcome back to the show, Talk Back Live with Bob. And Josh. And it is now 9.29, 29 minutes past the hour, 9 o'clock Central Time. A very pleasant good morning to you on a Tuesday morning. And ladies and gentlemen, our next guest. And they are contributors to TalkBackLiveNetwork.org, among other things that they do. We appreciate them right here, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, let's introduce first Mr. Evan Devald. Evan, welcome to the show. Appreciate you guys having me back on, man. How y'all doing this morning? Doing good, doing good. And ladies and gentlemen, along with him today, out of Los Angeles, California, by way of Memphis, Tennessee, and we're glad to have him on, Mr. Justice Bolden. Justice, welcome to the show. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Good morning, Bob and Josh. Good morning, man. Wow, you popped us with a good one there today. Yeah, man. All right. Well, hey, yeah, guys. You, you got you got to go hard or go home. <laughs> definitely, man. Definitely. All right. Thanks and, for uh, joining us. Yes, sir, man. Uh, several. Uh, the Bolden family has been very much contributing to the show. Uh, so James Bolden was just in here a few minutes ago uh, dropping off some stuff here. We appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, now we got Justice on and Evan, man, so we're good to go here. Uh, but so this weekend, right? You know, and I know me and Bob talked about it. It's all the game this weekend. Start off with football as we normally do. Tiger football, you know, they took on UConn. Not a ton to talk about from the game, right? They did what they were supposed to do. But, you know, some of the things I've heard, right, and even Norvell's kind of alluded to this, is that, okay, we're back on track. You know, we're back where we need to be, you know, heading into the big game coming up this weekend. Mm. national TV, the nation will be watching 2.30 Central Time, 3.30 Eastern on ABC. UCF, the 12th ranked Golden Knights of UCF, mm. taking on the Memphis Tigers at Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium, a game that's almost become a rivalry after last year. Uh, yes, UCF beat the Tigers twice. I believe those are the only two losses the Tigers suffered last year. Mm. And, uh, kept the Tigers from going to a New Year's Six Bowl, um, the AAC Championship game, which was a classic despite how it ended and some, some questionable play calling, uh, in certain situations, but, you know, it was a classic nonetheless. Um, and coming into this year, this is probably the most anticipated game by most Tiger fans, um, on the schedule. Uh, a chance at revenge. Finally getting them at the Liberty Bowl after having to play them twice at Central Florida. Um, but I'm going to start with Evan. You know, do you feel the Tigers are back on track? Is that a right thing to say after you beat uh, UConn like this, uh, which is statistically the worst defense in the country? No, that's a premature statement. Uh, yeah. I don't particularly think it's a good statement either because now you hype up the expectations when you're going against. They're, they're actually not even 12, Josh. They're they're number 10 in the uh, – they're number 9 in the coaches' poll. Oh, okay. And uh, number 10 in the AP poll. So we have a certified top 10 team coming into the Liberty Bowl Saturday. Wow. I, I don't think because you beat probably one of the worst defenses of all time uh, means that you're back. Beating Central Florida would mean that you're back on track. Definitely. Uh, beating Missouri would mean that you're back on track. Uh, but definitely not beating UConn means you're back on track. I understand Mike Novell. It's more of a confidence thing with him from a coaching aspect. Uh, so I get why he put it out there. Uh, but with the expectations of the fans, uh, I expect at least 40,000 plus in the Liberty Bowl, loud national televised game on ABC. And if I can, 
I would like to give my opinion on how the Tigers can beat Central Florida. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Do not get in the shootout with Central Florida. Uh, I've watched some film over Central Florida over the last day or two, mm-hmm. and I even watched them when they played against Lane Kiffin's Florida Atlantic team. Yeah. That defense will give up big plays, but they'll give it up on the ground. If Memphis wants to beat Central Florida, first of all, keep it close in the fourth quarter and make sure you give them a heavy dose of Dar- of Daryl Henderson and Patrick Taylor. Um, that's the reason why they look so good to me against UConn. You had Daryl Henderson carried it 14 times, 174 yards, three touchdowns, and Patrick Taylor had 161 yards with three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. We have to keep the UCF offense off the field, and the only way to do that is to control the clock on the ground. Mm-hmm. So we do have a shot with the momentum and, and how hyped the crowd will be, but we have to control the pace of the game, and we got to kill them on the ground. If UCF get multiple possessions, or even the time of possession is the same, we have to control time of possession if we want to have a shot at beating UCF. So we need a heavy dose of Darrell Henderson and Patrick Taylor if we want to have a shot. Evan, how much this past game against UConn did this or will this uh, bring momentum to the Tigers coming into this game. Was that a big win that they needed after all the other stuff that was going on? Even though it's not a uh, a big game, but they need to win the way they did, or uh, even though they're not back on track, per se, like you said. But how important was this game for them to win the way they win? And uh, going into this next game, that can make them think they could beat UCF. Yeah, I know I don't like to sound rude, but they better have one like that. I mean, it's probably one of the worst teams in college football history. It's arguable. Yes. Uh, yes. I mean, you literally have some B2 programs who can probably give UConn a game. And that's not being rude to them. I mean, Coach Randy Emson, when he first was his first tenure at UConn, he had them rolling. Uh, I think they went to a BCS bowl, if I'm not mistaken. But he's got the program again, and it's a rebuild with him. He will get the job done because mm-hmm. he's a really good coach. Mm-hmm. But this year is is just not a good team. So they had to beat them in the fashion that they did because if they didn't, I mean, it'll be just like when we beat South Alabama. I mean, we won, but it wasn't impressive. Uh, so I don't think it it has anything to do with UCF. UCF is arguably a top five team nationally if they weren't in the AAC, if they was in the Power Five. So oh. uh, I, I just think, man, like I said, you got to control the ground, man. If you control time of possession with running the ball, mm-hmm. keeping the ball out of UCF explosive offense hands, then you got a chance. Yeah, and I agree, man. And, yeah. and the, you know, the funny thing about it, um, and to get the justice here, but the funny thing about it, you talked about, you know, it almost sounds similar to the, to the game in the um, AAC championship game, running the ball. Uh, was clearly the, the advantage the Tigers had, mm-hmm. even going back to last year, and they went away from it. And more, you know, you can understand it a little bit more because Riley Ferguson has a rocket arm, and you had Anthony Miller and, and things of that nature. But this year you have Brady White, and you got some good receivers, but you don't need to try to win that way even more so uh, with what you got right now. Uh, Justice, uh, what say you about this? Well, no, I think Kevin is, is spot on. The Memphis defense is just not equipped to to play in a shootout because that, now they've got to be on the field more. Uh, the recipe for success this year is clear. Uh, a heavy dose of uh, Patrick Taylor and, and Daryl Henderson, who right now I think is arguably the best running back in the country. Uh, so in terms of a, a win is a win, certainly UConn was one of the worst teams in the country. But what 
this weekend is about for, for Memphis is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to once again uh, line up a top ten opponent, a top ranked opponent, uh, you know, top twenty five in the Liberty Bowl, and and really galvanize the fan base because, of course, the schedule, uh, early home schedule, has not been strong. So anytime you can get a team that's nationally ranked into Memphis is a good thing because somehow, some way, the city will just rally around that particular moment, and so. What you're hoping for is that you can catch lightning in a bottle and that this is the perfect recipe for an upset with uh, UCF coming to town. Interesting, interesting. And, you know, I looked at um, the game Evan was talking about. I actually watched it when it was going on. It was a good game for a while until UCF and the talent and everything just took over. Uh, referencing the uh, Florida Atlantic uh, game from earlier, Lane Kiffin's team. And uh, to Evan's point, Florida Atlantic, 320 yards on the ground, four touchdowns. Uh, total for FAU. So clearly, if they can do that, uh, there's no telling what Daryl Henderson and company can do to that UCF defense. That's clearly going to be the advantage. Uh, going yeah, and, 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 that, and it's like that because these guys, they make people miss. I mean, yeah. not Taylor, not as much, but Daryl Henderson, I mean, there was one run where, I mean, he, I counted six uh, would-be tacklers who, I mean, he just broke them down. Oh, and, and this guy is... uh um, D'Angelo Williams was really, really, really good, and he was good for you know his entire career. Mm-hmm. Daryl Henderson, uh, this particular season, has been early on has been one of the best seasons I've, I've seen from a, a Tiger running back, or even yeah. in a conference with the Tiger. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's just putting up monster numbers. Yeah, definitely. You know, he almost brings a uh, a Reggie Bush level of excitement. You know, and I know Reggie Bush is a way very high mark to talk about when you talk about great college football players. But I think with the same amount of opportunity, Henderson can p- put up numbers like that. I mean, you kind of see we're, with the limited carries. We're just saying that because he's in Memphis. Well, you think so? If he was somewhere else, man, I mean, he would be the highest the, the front runner right now unless yeah. you're talking about a quarterback. Oh, yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah, I agree. Just because of what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree, Justin. Yeah. Uh, this guy, man, it seems like you don't know when he's going to break it. Whenever he gets his hand on the ball, everybody's watching. That Henderson guy, that Henderson guy, if he puts his hands on the ball, it seems like you, you it's think, a touchdown. hey, it's, he's going to break it. He's going to break it. One's going to break. And, uh, but that's, that's exciting. And that's the way he is. He's a very, very good one running back for the program. I must ask, um, to, to Evan on this. Do you expect it to be competitive this weekend? I know it's Tuesday and we're talking about it now, but well, I think expect- I think Evan has kind of answered that question in a little bit, but in li- I, don't, I, don't you know, know. I don't. I know. mean, he but, said how we could beat them, but he said if he thinks it'll actually happen or yeah. will it be close. So, what do you think? It better be close, or everybody gonna start looking at basketball. Are the stakes that high? Are the stakes that high for Tiger? Football? I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm here we go. Like. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Coming yeah. in, we were picked to win the division. Yep. A lot of people was yelling, hey, we're going to win 10 games. We're going to win 11 games. And if you remember at the beginning of the season, before we even had our first game, mm-hmm. I said, Josh, Justice, Bob, this is a seven to eight win team. Y'all, y'all was like, wow, Evan, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you, if you, if you break down the team, and you break them down in every aspect. It wasn't hard to figure out. Yeah. Uh, even with the soft schedule, um, this team is is young at the quarterback position. Yes, Brady White is a junior, but he's inexperienced. 
He's a backup in the, in the middle of the Pac-12 Pac team in Arizona State who didn't even make a bowl last year. So I'm not saying that they're going to beat them. I do not pick them to beat them. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Uh, the only way that we have a shot at beating them, because we don't have Riley Ferguson and Anthony Miller anymore, is to control the time of possession and running the ball eight out of ten plays. Seriously, and, and I'm not even exaggerating. you got to use the talented backs you got in Taylor and, um, and Henderson. That's the only way I see it. So if I had to pick an upset, I'm not picking it. Uh, because UCF is a hell of a offense and, and just a really good team. Mm-hmm. But if you get 45,000 in that Liberty Bowl, man, screaming on national television, mm-hmm. and you get that team hyped up, we've seen crazier things happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. You know, it's, man, that one thing about him, Memphis has taken down several ranked opponents in the Liberty Bowl over the past several years. You know, going back to, you know, Ole Miss and UCLA, even though that team happened to be overrated when they beat him. But nonetheless, Still a guy in Josh Rosen that was drafted and things of that nature. So we'll see what hey, happens. Hey, yeah, go ahead. Hey, hey Josh. Mm-hmm. Also, let it be known, UCF is going to pack the box. So Mike Norvell yes. and his offensive coordinator, they're, they're going to be put to the test. You have to get creative with how to get the ball to Henderson and Taylor in the backfield. Pollard, use your tight end, Joy Magnifico, on short routes. I mean, it's, everything don't have to be 30 or 40 yards down. A five or six yard quick toss, that'll still get the change moving for you. But I'm asking, so, I, I gotta ask this question, yeah. guys. Did, he, think, did, did you not, say they're gonna throw the ball or, or what, what were you talking about? You, UCF. Are you saying, what, what, what was that you said? What, that Memphis is gonna throw the ball? No, UCF. <laughs> Memphis. Alright, when, when UCF stacked the box on Memphis. Okay. They still will have to get creative. Yes, yeah, With getting Taylor okay, okay. and Henderson the ball. Okay. Okay, I got and, it. And I would like to see Magnifico get involved, man. That that was a key uh, tight end for us last year, and he just hadn't got the ball enough for me. And to yeah, me, okay. Sean Dykes either, because I think they're both great uh, yeah. tight ends as well. Very versatile uh, in the game. And I'm going to tell you something. To that point, I'm curious, you know, get Justice in too. I don't think that Norvell can adjust like that. Now, here's the thing. You had Tulane, right? And I know uh, one of our listeners, Greg, uh, pointed out his theory, um, a couple of days ago when I talked about, you know, how Memphis was susceptible to a game like the Tulane game. Mm-hmm. It was waiting to happen. I mean, we saw it beforehand. All you had to do is stack the box, force Memphis to throw. And they can't do it consistently. Mm-hmm. They gotta force them to make plays, blitz Brady White, get in his face, hit him, and crowd the line of scrimmage and make it hard on Henderson, the playmakers to make plays. If Tulane can do that, even more so, you would think UCF would be able to do it. So, I'm curious, can Novell adjust? Can he go back to the Tulane game and see what adjustments need to be made? Um, because they didn't adjust well at all against Tulane. They really didn't do anything. Or can he go back and look at their last opponent and see what they did successful and then try to play on that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. you, you got to bring it all out, and, and Evan's right, I mean, uh, you gotta mix it up a little bit, and, and to be honest, if you run, 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 that's when you, you know, come with a misdirection or, you know, play action and, and you know, you maybe get them over the top. Mm. That's true. And I'm gonna tell you, and people were shocked that I put this out on Twitter after the game, and y'all probably saw it, that I, I gave Brady White There's a compliment. lot of things that come out on Twitter that people get shocked about. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. And I, we're gonna get to that too. Uh, but, 
I already know what that is. <laughs> but I gave Brady White a compliment, right? And, you know, I got a ton of likes and all this stuff. You know, people are like, wow, I can't believe you did this. Well, I, I do, I think, you know, and I know it was UConn, right? But I felt like his deep ball looked better. It didn't look like a duck that got shot in the head, you know, on takeoff like it usually does. So hopefully that carries into UCF. You know, we don't know. But uh no we're gonna switch here again. But guys you got any any last thoughts on uh on football there? Well, I would say um for Josh, man, you giving Brady White a compliment and getting those likes. I think that's a maybe that's a sign of things to come. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Look, I don't know what that's a sign of, but Well, I I mean, you know, you can really think things are getting better if I do. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, you're right. Just yeah, kidding. I mean, man. No, well, look. If, if Memphis if Memphis beats uh, UCF, then you know I, I got to hear Bob. You got to come on here and, and you got to you got to let us have it when it comes to Brady White. You got to give him his, give him his props unless it's just all about the running back. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, if if the, if uh, Brady White uh, does his job, and I, I admit he did look uh, better this this week and throwing the football, and uh, just like Josh said. Uh, some of the passes are a little longer passes. I said, "Wow, he's getting better." Maybe he took some time out to work on those things, or and it was it was clear that uh, he was better. So now, uh, now they did. Gentlemen, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is too much. This is UConn. Let's let's wait on Saturday. Okay. Before okay. we, you know. I know, but still, but up. but look, guys, I knew I was wide open. Yeah, but look. It doesn't matter whether it's UConn, Central Florida, Alabama, or who. If the guy throw the, if the guy yeah. threw the yard, if he threw the football 40 yards and it didn't look like a dunk on Alabama or if it was, uh, a UConn, it looked better. It doesn't matter who he threw it against. It looked, it looked better to me. But as far as I know what you're saying, it's got to be accurate. It's got to be on target. And, uh, you know, well, you know, I, I do understand that with UConn. Yeah. And, but the pressure he's going to get with, uh, University, uh, UCF is going to be much, much more pressure than, uh, what was put on by, uh, UConn. Yeah. yeah I agree with, I do, I do understand where you're coming yeah. from. And UConn was, like I said, the worst defense in the country. Uh, 600 yards. But I did give him a compliment. You know, so we'll, we'll leave it at that. Yes. Uh, I guess we can say, man. But coming up next, want to get into some Tiger basketball, man, because Memphis mm. Madness, uh, we hadn't talked to the guys since, uh, before Memphis Madness. We had mm-hmm. Leon, uh, yesterday talk about Madness, uh, being there. Uh, so we'll get the guys' thoughts as well. Uh, we'll come back from the break. Recruiting information as well. A lot of stuff has been swirling, uh, mm. swirling out there, uh, surrounding some recruits. Locally, uh, about what is and isn't uh, happening. So we're going to talk about that when we get back from the break. And you're listening to Talk Back Live with Bob and Josh. It is now 9:49, 49 minutes past the hour of nine o'clock Central Time. A very pleasant good morning to you. We'll be back. In life, we all want to be treated with dignity and respect. At E.H. Ford Mortuary Services, located 3390 Elvis Presley Boulevard, we believe the same thing should hold true when it comes to death. 
Telephone number is 345-9558. For more than 30 years, Ed Ford has offered the personal touch when it comes to the passing of the special people in your life. As a licensed funeral director, embalmer, and death counselor, Ed Ford will be involved in every phase of the bereavement process when it comes to your loved one. In other words, he won't just sit behind a desk and collect your money like other funeral directors. His main purpose is to personally prepare your loved one for whatever memorial service you desire. His services and prices are the very best in Memphis and the surrounding area. At E.H. Ford Mortuary Services, it's not about the money, it's about a lasting memory. Ed Ford, his wife Myrna, and the courteous staff will be there when you really need them. That's E.H. Ford Mortuary Services, located 3390 Elvis Presley Boulevard. The telephone number again, 345-9558. Not associated with any other funeral home with the same last name. That's E.H. Ford Mortuary Services. For the best soul food in the Mid-South, it's Shop and Save. 1499 South 3rd, 901-946-4303. Serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And some of the items on their menu consist of catfish, spaghetti, chicken and dressing, turkey wings, meatloaf, fried chicken, cabbage, yam, greens, salmon croquette, and the list goes on. Some of the best soul food you ever taste in the Mid-South, it is Shop and Save. 1499 South 3rd. Call them again at 901-946-4303. Been in business since 1991. Shop and Save. 1499 South 3rd. 901-946-4303. For some of the best soul food you'll ever taste. Welcome back to the show, Talk Back Live with Bob and Josh. 9.51, 51 minutes past the hour of 9 o'clock. A very pleasant good morning to you on a Tuesday morning. And yes, going to be a lovely day today. Getting cooler. Cooler weather is coming in and... uh supposed to be coming. Yes. And uh hey, summertime will be over in a couple of days, folks. But the temperatures... Uh, for summertime and uh yeah let's uh welcome back to the show our guest justice bolden and evan devald guys welcome to the show appreciate it bob yes sir yes sir they looking alive this morning uh man talking all sorts of things so okay memphis madness went down it was the event of all events uh in memphis uh captivated the city sold out crowd Everything, man. Um, Evan, let me ask you, man. What was it like to see the form back like that for a Memphis Tigers basketball event? It felt good. It's been a long time coming. Um, that arena hasn't been that packed in easily, what, five, six years because Josh last two, they were struggling to even meet quarter with the FedEx form also. Yep. yep. So, I, I mean, it's been a while and Honestly, um, like I was telling people last week, 
you could have hired a lot of guys. Uh, rather it been Steve Forbes, who I think is a really good coach. Uh, it could have been anybody. Penny Hardaway is the only one who could have brought back the electricity that you felt in a FedEx form last week. He's the only one. Um, it, it was a big-time event. Uh, you have four of the top performers out right now, and Yo Gotti, uh, the Reds, Deshaun, Blockboy, JB, and Moneybag, Yo performing. Um, and the crowd was just crazy. Uh, the band was, <laughs> it was more band members. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it was, it was awesome. And I'm going to tell you this. We had a lot of top recruits in the building. Oh, yeah. You had the number one player in the country, James Wiseman. You had a uh, top 10 player, Precious Achua. Top 20 player, Trenton Wofford. Top 50, mm-hmm. number 25 on ESPN, DJ Jeffries. Uh, Jemias Ramsey, top 30, and Boogie Ellis, top 25. Uh, 2020 Matthew Morrell, when you look at those guys, those guys enjoy themselves. And whenever you get a guy like Penny Hardaway, you have your head coach being brought out to his own farm. I mean, can't no other coach in America top it. it it's not even close. Uh, I think this is the best madness, uh, in the country. I don't think no other college in the country will come close to it. And I think it, it hopefully it'll turn into some commitments and signings. Uh, early signing period, November 14th through the 21st. Uh, so we got a little bit over a month left. Uh, but I, I think it was just a great atmosphere, man. And, and hopefully it'll come to, it'll end up with some recruits coming on board. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I almost wish they could keep the black floor. Uh, oh, that was tight, man. That was, oh. that was so dope, man. It, it, it was amazing. Uh, just take the, replace the Memphis Madness and put the Tiger logo there. Uh, with the city back, that would have been that would have been pretty cool, man. No doubt. Yeah, but that's uh, never, never. What? <laughs> what? Now go ahead. What, ne- what never think? mind. Never <laughs> mind. Never mind. I'm a little worried to think what what you're thinking about. But before before Bob says it, uh, Justice, <laughs> what did you think? Uh, now I know uh, Evan was in the building um, and got to see it, but I know there's a lot of footage been out there. Matter of fact, the university put out the whole thing on YouTube mm-hmm. uh, where you could watch everything from beginning to end uh, from you know, the performances and all that stuff. But, uh, Justice, what did you think? Well, I, I just thought it was just an uh, epic event. Uh, you know, the, 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 the Memphis Tigers, you know, the entire staff, Penny Hardaway, you know, Curtis Gibbons, everybody who contributed to, to putting the event together, uh, I think they just knocked it out of the park. Uh, in, ter- in terms of checking all the boxes, number one, uh, for the players, they put the players first. Uh, you know, the, these guys were on uh, front and center. When you're coming up uh, FedEx form, those desks and it's packed and everybody's shaking your hands and, you know, I know my pictures, my sister, she got a chance to take a picture with, uh, Jemias Ramsey and yeah. James Wiseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and all I had to do was just ask her, hey, so what you think? You know, what are these guys going to do? She, she's like, they coming to Memphis. You know, it's just <laughs> a feeling. It's just a feeling that comes out when you go to an event like that. It is hard to duplicate that anywhere in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so after an event like that, it's hard to, to hear someone say, well, you know, these kids are going to go elsewhere. They may. They might. But uh, I just think Memphis, you know, they, they knocked it out of the park. Seeing Tony Madlock, seeing Dwight Boyd come out and, and you know, be honored by the, the Tigers uh, fan base, you know, Larry Finch's family in the house, mm-hmm. and then, of course, Penny and his entrance, uh, which was just epic. You know, you see that video of him, you know, when he was a young man and then, you know, coming through the ranks, uh, you know, from Treadwell, you know, to the University of Memphis to – the NBA to mm-hmm. the Olympics, it just brings a, a chill mm-hmm. to you, and and I think that that resonates with the Tiger fan base. So, 
Um, I say that Memphis basketball is back. That Memphis is going back to the days where if there were a recruit, a recruit came to town for an official visit, mm-hmm. you knew your chances were pretty strong that that recruit would, would consider Memphis. So when I think when you look at those guys who were in the house, uh, you're going to find that two or three of them are going to probably lean Memphis's way. And, uh, it's all going to be because of that event and the hype around it, uh, along with Mike Miller and, and Sam Mitchell and, and Tony Madlock and that all-star staff that, that Penny had. Uh, and just bringing Derez Deshaun out to, to introduce him. I mean, it was just perfect. It's like he's got his own song and, and Penny, uh, you know, he was hyping up the crowd. He was jumping up and down with the players. You could just feel it like Penny is. Penny's just a cool, he's a cool coach to have. So mm-hmm. to have a coach that can resonate with the young people like that, who still got a song out, you know, he's got his own shoes. Uh, it's just everything about the team is just, uh, it's refreshing. And, uh, this is, this is what we've asked for if, if you are a true diehard Memphis fan. So in that case, you know, I don't want to hear anything about, uh, you know, what, what, other schools are saying about who didn't show up and all that. That doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're talking about that, then you totally missed the boat on what Memphis Madness is all about. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, it's so interesting, man. Um, can you imagine a, a guy like uh, Wiseman, right? You know, and I heard from, from you know, the guys that were there and um, Leon and, and Evan and all you guys and other people that, that witnessed it, right, from Wiseman, the way he was treated like a celebrity, I mean, he couldn't go anywhere without people coming up to him, taking pictures, autographs. I mean, think about it. He's still a senior in high school. To have an experience like that uh, has to be, can definitely have an effect on where you'd want to go. How could you not want to have that environment, um, you know, to play college ball? I mean, there's nowhere else. You know, you're going to get attention, of course, but nowhere else like he would at Memphis, uh, would, would you agree with that, Evan, uh, that, that line of thought? And could that be a, a drawing factor for Wiseman? Yeah, it definitely is, especially when you add in his relationship with Penny Hardaway already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he definitely got better under Penny. Uh, make no mistake about it. But, I mean, the, as you said before, the, the atmosphere was just second to none. Uh, I, I mean, the, the kid, seriously, the first hour leading up to Madness starring, I mean, the kid probably signed a hundred autographs. Seriously, mm. he probably took a hundred pictures. Wow! Uh, in the lobby, he barely could get into the arena because, and it was all love. It wasn't anything irritating to him. I mean, mm-hmm. people want to see James Wiseman in a Memphis Tiger uniform. And think yeah. about it: you got a platinum recording artist in Yo Gotti who probably rake it up was the hottest song of the summer. Mm-hmm. Right before he's performing. You got 18,000 yelling, we want Wiseman. Mm. <laughs> Give me one college in America who's going to top that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. K- Kentucky could bring Drake. They could bring Lady Gaga. They could, I don't care who they bring. <laughs> it won't top it. I, I don't care. So, I mean, I think it'll definitely uh, end up being James Wiseman uh, in a Memphis Tiger uniform. If you add on to the relationship with Penny, how that staff can get you ready for the NBA because – they have that been there, done that mentality. Uh, those kids are, they recognize them. Those are big time names. Uh, and James Wiseman, he knows he can get better under Penny because if it happened, uh, I think it'll end up in him being a Memphis Tiger. And not only that, James Wiseman has never saw the FedEx form 18,000 strong. Yeah. He's yeah. seen pictures back in the Dead Rose days, but under Tubby, you got five, 6,000 at a good day. 
he got to see it with his own eyes, 18,000 packs. So it can it can compare with Rupp Arena. It can compare with Allen Fall Fieldhouse in Kansas. Now he knows he can be on the big stage at the University of Memphis, not just a big-time coaching staff, but in a big-time arena mm-hmm. with a big-time fan base and a big-time program. And and just to add to what Evan's saying, how many colleges can you find that are named after the city's name, like Memphis, you know, like a Louisville, where you have the authenticity of a Blackboard JV and a Yogati and guys that can come out that are from the city that really mirror the city's image? To be honest, you know, no disrespect to Timberlake, but, uh, you know, you think more of a a different genre of, of music, but... These guys, they 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 embody what Memphis is all about. And then James Wiseman, he could be in in, in Germantown, and they're going to recognize him. He could be at, at, at Fourth and Walker, you know, in the heart of uh, you know the old Lamoan Gardens area near Lamoan on. They're going to know who he is. You know, people are going to be like, "What's up, man?" Everybody already knows James Wiseman and who he is. And wherever he goes, people are going to know him. I don't think you get that same feel when you're in a you know, some of these big cities or, or even a lot of the college towns. Memphis is just a different animal, and it's something that you can't quantify unless you're there. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. And I, I must ask this now because, you know, people talk about, you know, what other factors could be, um, you know, swaying different decisions, right? How big of a factor do you guys think? Because you know how the media is in the city, you know. We talk about the Tigers and it's, Always a topic of conversation, controversial sometimes. Can it have a negative effect on some recruits? And I know just as we talked about in the past, uh, with the previous coach, how some things can, can sway things. But with the under the, what we got going on now, do you think that's a reasonable thing to bring up as a possibility when it comes to some of these guys? Or, um, or what? What do you, what do you think? I mean, I, I think what matters is the relationship that these players have with uh, not only the fan base, but but uh, the staff. I think at the end of the day, this is about the staff. This is about Penny Hardaway, Mike Miller, Sam Mitchell, and their ability to be able to make you better. Uh, you know, I, Mike Miller, he's the shooter. He's the specialist. He's the guy that specializes in it. Uh, Penny Hardaway was like the prodigy, the star. So he was something that, you know, you just don't see come along the pipeline. Uh, when you look at Sam Mitchell and, uh, Tony Madlock, these guys were grinding. Uh, Madlock was right alongside Penny, you know, when he was playing at the University Memphis State and learned under Fitch. He represents kind of the throwback Memphis, uh, the old school Orange Mound Melrose days. And so I think when you add all that in together, you've got the type of, uh, staff that can get you where you want to go. So if you're Antoine Jones, Penny Hardaway has the perfect personality to, to counterbalance, uh, what was maybe seen to him as, seen as, you know, maybe an attitude or a chip on the shoulder. But then you got Sam Mitchell. He's going to get in you old school, like a, a Jerry Johnson from, uh, Mitchell or, or like a Ted Anderson from Hamilton. So you got that dynamic. It's about the staff, uh, in this case with these players. And that's why they're able to bring these kids from all across the country. And that's why Jalen, uh, Green, the number one player in the country in the class of 2020, is seriously considering Memphis. It's because of, the staff, but once you get to Memphis, you realize that the fan base is connected with the school and with the team like no other place. And and I think that's what really stands out for me. Okay, definitely. And uh, Evan, uh, what say you? Um, I I tend to agree with Justice. Uh, it depends on that player relationship with the staff. 
I, I do want to say this. A lot of people who throw out the crazy antics and, you know, get into it with people via Twitter or social media, those people may seem like a lot on Twitter, but if you really break it down, it's probably, what, five to ten people, and they're probably not even coming to the games, probably not even on campus. So you'll never even come into contact with them. Uh, so they, they, I'm not going to say they don't matter, but in hindsight, they really don't. Uh, I'll go back to um, Myron, uh, the kid, I, I forget his last name already, who he ended up going to Penn State. Myron Jones, yes. Um, it was a lot going on around his recruitment when he decided to commit to the University of Memphis. Uh, people were going back and forth. Is he a three-star? Is he a four-star? Which was just so crazy. I mean, he was a four-star according to 24-7 sports. And when Tubby got relieved from his coaching duties, his AAU coach from the Birmingham Storm said Memphis fan base is easily the craziest fan base I've ever come in contact with. And he was like, it was just so toxic. But guess what? Myron Jones still committed to the University of Memphis because of his relationship with Tubby Smith and Joe Esposito. So, I mean, That's true. a lot of those... A lot of those people all on social media, it seemed like a lot when you got five, six, seven people coming at you at one time. But just understand, those are five or six people that you'll never come in contact with. And probably, I mean, some of them have cartoon characters as their, as their profile picture. Come on, man. We can't take you serious. So, I mean, it, it depends on the relationship with the staff. You don't have to worry about that with this staff because these guys have solid built-in relationship with these guys. And a lot of these guys that recruit for the next year or two, They've had a relationship with them for years. Uh, so when you get a Jalen Green or R.J. Hampton who look up to Penny, they say, hey, we model our game out of Penny. And now you've got Sam Mitchell, former NBA coach of the year. You have Mike Miller who's been on the circuit in AAU. You have Penny Hardaway who's coached at the highest level on amateur grassroots basketball. I mean, these guys are going to commit to the University of Memphis, not probably specifically those guys, but top-tier players like those guys. So, I hear people saying, hey, people worry about the media and this and that. Man, look, that's that's neither here nor there. Kentucky fans, have you seen some of Kentucky blog sites? Kansas? I mean, two years ago, there was some Kentucky fans yelling, five Kyle. Seriously. When he lost in the round of 32. And he's a national champion, Hall of Famer. So I, I, I really don't want to hear that. It's, it's being blown up. I mean, if some prospects' families are concerned about the media, Trust me, they know media is just as crazy as other universities, man. I think it's going to come down to relationships. Okay. And, and no matter what school these guys go to, they're going to go to the NBA. Yeah. So I think it's going to it's going to come down to relationships and what coaching staff can develop you the best to get ready for the next level. Well, that's a big statement you just made there, and I was going to question that just a little bit after the break. That's a big statement you just yeah, made there. Uh, and uh, we can talk about that when we come back as well, uh, about either way they go, they're going to the NBA uh, Evan Duvall and Justice Bolden are our guests, and we're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation. 10.08, eight minutes past the hour, 10 o'clock. A very pleasant good morning to you listening to Talk Back Live with Bob. And Josh, and we'll uh, coming back from the break, once y'all listen, mm-hmm. uh, got a theme, a new song, a uh, theme song for the Tigers of Penny Hardaway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so y'all, y'all check that out when we come back. Check it out. Listen, when we come back, we're going to have it rolling. And uh, we'll be back after this. For the best soul food in the Mid-South, it's Shop and Save. 
1499 South 3rd, 901-946-4303. Serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and some of the items on their menu consist of catfish, spaghetti, chicken and dressing, turkey wings, meatloaf, fried chicken, cabbage, yams, greens, salmon croquette, and the list goes on. Some of the best soul food you ever taste in the Mid-South, it is Shop and Save. 1499 South 3rd. Call them again at 901-946-4303. Been in business since 1991. Shop and Save. 1499 South 3rd. 901-946-4303. For some of the best soul food you'll ever taste. CNS Motors Auto Sales, located at 2508 Summer Avenue here in Memphis, Tennessee. Call them at 901-323-8778. CNS Motors Auto Sales has been around since 1984. Go by and see Chris or Eddie today for some of the best pre-owned and used vehicles in the city. They have SUVs, minivans, cars, trucks, whatever you're looking for in pre-owned used vehicles. Hey, you can find it right there at CNS Motors Auto Sales. Are you looking for a good, honest mechanic? Well, you have found one. Hi, my name is Marcus Williams, owner of Automotive Repair for Less, offering you lesser rates for your automobile repairs. We do major and minor work replacing engines, transmissions, tune-ups, brakes, and almost anything you need in automotive repair. I'm located at 2975 James Road in between Wharfton and Hollywood on top of the overpass bridge. My number is 901-859-6169. That is again, 901-859-6169. Hopefully I hear from you. Automotive Repair for Less. Home. Back 
to the land where the Memphis Tigers roam. So send a tweet or Instagram it on your phone. We turn it up when it's game time and it's on. Legendary and necessary to teach them young cubs about getting victory. Credibility, he's bringing unity to Memphis, Tennessee. And now they're going to see it. All right, Penny Hardaway gonna lead us all the way <laughs> to the final four. Oh man, wow, four action. Uh man, that's good. That sounds good. Man, that sounds very good. Uh, they're gonna be singing uh, Hardaway through the streets of North, South Memphis, Westwood, and Orange Mound. <laughs> Yes, sir. But, 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 and, but, 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 I got real quick. I yeah. got to say, shout out to uh, James Bowden to drop this off to yeah. um, <laughs> to Bump, and it is written and produced uh, by Greg Childress and Marvin Grant, Penny Hardaway theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check them out, man. Of uh, GCMG Bluff City New Music Syndicate. Huh. So there it is. Penny Hardaway debuting. Yeah, we're going all the way yeah. to the final four. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I know, I know, I know y'all don't want to hear I me. They got Bob already. See, y'all, y'all don't want to hear me saying that now, because you know. I, I, so you got. I have, I have a music companies calling on from all over the country, but you know, at any rate. Hey, but check it out. So, Bob, is that your prediction? You just said they're going to the final. Four. No, I. Okay. What I'm, I'm gonna ask these guys is, man. I mean, that's a bold singing there, bold statement, but uh that's good to know, and that's good to, that they do go. To the final four, but is that uh, something you think can happen? Now, How far do you think they'll go? I, I ain't heard Evan say anything. This so. season now, this season. Evan, are you there? Are you there? <laughs> Checking one, two, no. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm not finna make me put that pressure on Penny. <laughs> <laughs> NCAA tournament team, that's it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you just, hey, you just want to win the conference this yeah. year, man. A, a compete for the conference crown. Yeah. We've only got a few if you really look back over the program's history outside mm-hmm. of that, uh, that blip when we were in Conference USA and all the strong teams left. Yeah. Uh, if you go back before that, that, you know, I think they had a, a five-way tie mm-hmm. when Burks was playing. Yeah. And, uh, they were in the, I guess that was the old USA at the time, but not a lot of conference titles uh-huh. over the last, you know, 25 years or so outside of that, uh, Josh Passman set and also, uh, uh, okay. Cal. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. When was the last time we won the conference? I mean, that's got to be. Mm. Are we going back to Joe Jackson days? Joe Jackson days. Joe Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's it's time then. Yes, it's been time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but let's go to the phone lines real yeah, quick. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, folks, our phone lines are back. 
Yes. Uh, 901-452-3094. Don't tell me Unforgetful is the first guy up. <laughs> hey, how did you know? How did you how know? Did you know? This, I don't know how he even knew. He, I don't know how he even knew they were fixed. Just, he's he's just got a fat phone over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 901-452-3094. All lines are working right now. And uh, uh, let's go to the phone lines and unforgetful. What? Thank are, you, Bob. Yes, Bob, he knew. Bob, you I apologize, man. I just love sports, man, and especially these two guys when they're talking about it. Man. I just sit here and listen, man. I enjoy it. Josh, that song is the bomb, man. I okay. just love that song, man. Yeah, man. Hey, all the way. Hey, it ain't going to work, man. You know, when I hear people talk about the University of Memphis, it seems like they always want to downplay it. Well, we, we might win three or four games, you know. <laughs> I don't know if we'll probably win the conference and stuff. Look, I don't think like that. I always think big. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why not us? Why not Memphis yeah. being in the Final Four and being a nas- and winning the national title? Why mm-hmm. not us, man? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, there's nothing wrong with it. I, I just don't think it's going to happen right now. But, uh, I think it is. I think it is. I think it's going to be the shock of the country. Wow, that will be. There's a good possibility that we could do this thing, people. Yeah, well. well. I mean, first class coming up in this joint, and we got these high-profile high coaches. Why not? Yeah. On the first row. Well, I, mean, I think it can happen. Okay, but like Evan said, uh, would that be putting too much pressure on Penny Hardaway? Man, forget about the pressure, Bob. Forget about how Forget you... about the pressure, man. Okay. That's what make you, that's what make you better when you get the pressure. Okay. Hold on, I'm forgetting. I, I, I gotta hear these guys' response to what you're saying. Uh, uh, Evan. Or, uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what? Alright, we, we, we go, we're gonna keep it short and sweet. Uh, look, we do think the Tigers eventually will go to the final four. Just not this year. Just give him some time. Yeah. We want Penny to be able to ease into his role as a head coach as opposed to just immediately putting pressure on him because ultimately what happens is if you set an expectation and you don't meet it, mm-hmm. then they're going to crucify you. So yeah, true. what we're going to do, we're going to take a modest approach to this thing. We do believe that they have some talent, and they could make a run. Mm-hmm. But let's set the goals initially at NCAA tournament and trying to win the conference. And if it happens, that, it, ha- if it happens, it happens. Oh, when when these guys come in in, in 2019, mm-hmm. all bets off. You okay. strap them up. I don't care who you line up. Memphis is going to uh, have an opportunity to take them out. Okay. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. If we get the recruits. Now, everybody's not going to come in their second season like Kevin Ollie did and take a nine seed and win the NCAA tournament. And you saw what happened in his next four or five years. Yeah. So if we lock down the recruiting class, that we think we have a possibility of locking down, then our bets are off. Uh, Penny's going, and he's even said he plans on winning that championship at Memphis. He just didn't say he got one. So, I mean, it, it, like Unforgivable said, it's not about the pressure. I tend to agree with him on that because Penny has come out of his own mouth and said it. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to come out and say you're one. He's going to go win the that championship. No, nah, we're not going to do him like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one thing I do like about, about Penny, man, he welcomes all of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not, he's not shying away from anything, which is why I do respect that. But I do think, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with being reasonable. But at the same time, there's nothing wrong with being excited, uh, either. I'm forgetful. So any, uh, last things on that real quick, man? Penny Hardaway, well, well, you know, going know. all the way to the final <laughs> oh, four. No. Oh, Bob, you need not. to be the announcer there, man. <laughs> <laughs> but you know something, man? The most important game on their schedule to me. Yeah. The most important. I've been waiting for this for decades. 
if they meet Villanova and beat them, oh, it's on now. Mm. That's all they need. Knock out Villanova, then I know it's on. The defending national champs. Blow them out. Okay. <laughs> That's uh-huh. what, I'm waiting for them to play them. Yeah. Now, and it. I can't stand them wildcats over there, man. I, I'm telling you. So this, I can't this, stand well, Villanova. Now, I'm just guessing this goes back to back in the day. Yes, sir. I can remember them days. Yeah. I just want them to beat them so bad, Bob. I got a passion for that, man. Okay. I'm out of here. Thanks, Mr. Giffle. You're welcome. All right, uh, guys, what do you think? Well, I mean, if you think back, Villanova was a thorn in the tiger side, uh, back during the Keith Lee days. Uh, Ed Pickney was the man for Villanova because they were coached by, uh, Roley Bassamino. Mm -hmm. But I'll always remember McClain, the corn guard, saying that, uh, or admitting later that, you know, he was, he was on cocaine during the game. You know, I, I just wonder, <laughs> you know, how does that factor in to beating <laughs> the Tigers? You know, they strip, they strip the Tigers because of Derrick Rose in an ACT test, but here we got a guy, you know, and then also they held out Dre Allen, you know, but yep, yep. McClain, you know, admits, you know, to doing this and then here we are. Mm. But, uh, no, we won't, we won't strap up Villanova if we can get them on, on the, on the court. So that means the Oklahoma State game is actually the most important because in order to play Villanova, you've got to beat Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's yeah. true. Which is it, cause this is all in that tournament, uh, pre-midseason tournament, man. But I can't wait, uh, for the season to get started, man. And last note here before we go, DJ Stephens, uh, is now, uh, Memphis Grizzlies slash Memphis Hustle. Uh, player got a two-way deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if it's confirmed as of yet, but it seems like it's all but done mm-hmm. uh, at this point. You know, then this is something we've been hearing about for all summer. Uh, I don't know what took so long for it to finally get done, or close to the point where they can actually put it out and talk about it. But um, what do you guys think, man? Um, DJ, do you feel like he has a chance to make an impact on the actual main Memphis Grizzlies roster, or is he going to be a, a hustle elite? Um, what, what do you guys think? I'll let Evan take it first. I, I, I think he has an opportunity. I really think it's two to three years late. I feel like mm. he had an opportunity to make the roster spot uh, earlier, uh, two or three years earlier. Uh, I just think that – I think they went with guys who just weren't better than them. I'm just put it out there. Mm. Uh, but I, I think he has an opportunity uh, – to make an impact on the roster. I mean, we don't have any superstars. So anybody's spot can be taken outside the top five, mm-hmm. uh, just to be honest with you. So, I mean, if his jump shot has improved, that was one of the knocks on him in Memphis. Freakly athletic, at least improve his jump shot. If his jump shot has improved and his uh, dribbling ability has improved, his handles, then, yeah, why not have a spot? I mean, you saw Marshawn Brooks, who was overseas for two, three years, come back in, man. Now he's, he's got a multi-year contract with the Grizzlies, so... Yeah. I mean, if he's uh, improved his jump shot and he's willing to keep working like he has in the previous years, I don't see why he couldn't potentially be a rotational guy in the NBA. He, he's talented enough to do that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely has a role, I think, uh, in my opinion. Um, you agree with that, Justice? I definitely agree. In fact, this is something I've been waiting on for years. I'd say three years because DJ Stephens, I believe in 2016, he had a memorable summer league with the Grizzlies. Yes. And then he uh, ended up getting a preseason set. And, I mean, he was making the same jaw-dropping plays that DJ Stephens made. Mm-hmm. I think he's now your classic 3 and D guy. So the, the guy we saw at Memphis was basically a power forward who played 
you know, around the paint. He can still defend the NBA four. Believe it or not, the guys like six foot four, six five with long arms, but he can defend the power forward in a certain sense. Uh, I think he's best suited for the small forward role, but he's three and D. He can shoot the three. He can defend. He's going to make jaw dropping plays. He's the type of guy that's going to get a rebound or block a shot, run the other way, and then a Markel Crawford's going to throw it up to the roof or whoever's out there. It doesn't matter. He makes other players better just because of his athleticism. So I think he's a guy that when he gets on the court, and you know Memphis uh, has a way of creating a, a firestorm out of a guy that has that energy. So you remember we saw that with James Johnson. Mm-hmm. And he would come down and just come down and dunk on somebody and everybody would go crazy. DJ Stephens is going to do that for the Tigers or, or for the Grizzlies, as he did mm-hmm. for the Memphis Tigers when he played there. So I'm excited. I think they they made an excellent decision. They got a couple two way guys mm-hmm. that can make an impact because that that uh, Utah Watanabe, yeah, I that like dude him. can play. I like that it. dude can play. Mm-hmm. I went back and watched this game where he banked that three in. Oh, man. It wasn't just that. It was the fact he got a steal, took three or four dribbles, dunked on somebody, uh, blocking shots. Now he was the Atlantic Team uh, Player of the Year. We're talking about a, a, a Japanese born power forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, he's like a three now. You know and, what? Uh, he reminds me that of dude like can a. Play. Like a Japanese Lamar Odom, you know, type of deal. You know, like as far as the skill set, left-handed, can handle the ball decently well. Seems like he can shoot and, and do some things. I don't know about his passing ability. I haven't seen that on display yet. But it's hey, interesting. If, if bigger staff gives these guys a chance to play, man, you, you they, they could become cult figures like uh, Tony Allen. You know, people yeah. just going crazy. So I want to see a lineup where you got like Jaron Jackson, uh, Utah Wontanabe, DJ Stephens, uh, you know, I don't know, give me a card. <laughs> Kyle Anderson, just somebody that can pass. Because these dudes, I'm, I'm telling you, the Utah guy, he can play. That dude can play. I, I man, he came down one time and uh, uh, the Holiday was on him, and Holiday was the uh, Pac-12 defensive player yeah, of the year. I like how he gave him three hard right dribbles and then crossed him over to the left. And I was just like, whoa, that dude can play. So I, I'm, I'm, I think the Grizzlies are going to be surprisingly solid, solid to mediocre, meaning that they're going to win about. 38 to 42 games, somewhere in there. It's going to be Provided that Conley and Gasol are healthy. It's going to be very interesting because you got a whole lot of young guys and you want to see how that, how the playing time is going to shake out. Somebody needs to, to get time at some point. You know, Harrison, who actually looked good last year, it seems like he's dropping further and further back with some of the guys they've signed. Shelvin Mack looks like a good backup point guard. Still got yeah, Javon you Carter. You know, um, all that stuff. So it, it, it's interesting, man. Evan, what do you say, man? You got the Grizz making the playoffs. Western Conference Finals. What's going on? <laughs> I'm going to go out on limb, man. I got us at the AC. Really? Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm going to say the AC. Really? Um, wow. i tell you why. Memphis is the city that's just going to keep dealing with losing. All right, we gave y'all a pass last year because you was tanking and trying to get a good draft pick, which we did in Jaron Johnson, Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, you have a good rookie, you have a healthy Mike Conley, you have a healthy Chandler Parsons, which hopefully we can get twelve to fourteen points a game. Hopefully, Marcus All is healthy. You got a shooter off the bench, your instant score, and Marshawn Brooks who can fill it up. Uh, and in his earlier years, man, I used to compare him to a baby Jamal Crawford because that's what he reminded me of. Yeah, yes. Uh, I mean, what, what what else do you need? I mean, let's go get a playoff spot. If not, I think me and Justice hit this a lot during the summer. It's time to break it up. Mm. You know, it's interesting, and I like I like Dylan. You know, who's almost getting forgotten about on everything that's that's been been talked about. Dylan Brooks is a good guy to 
add depth. Kyle Anderson, I hope the injury isn't, you know. Garrett Temple. Too, yeah, Garrett Temple as well is probably going to start from things that I see. So, and Mike Conley looks very explosive. Um, with the speed is what I'm impressed with. And for him coming back, um, uh, looks pretty good physically as well. So I know we're going to talk more about this next week because next week, uh, I want to get into the rest of the NBA playoff scene because next Tuesday, I believe is the kickoff date of the NBA, uh, tip off. Yeah, tip off for the regular season. Um, so much going on in the league. So we're going to talk about that and even give predictions eight in the East, eight in the West. I'm letting y'all know right now. I want y'all yeah. to work on that, and we're going to talk about that next Tuesday. All right. And hey, Josh, before you move on, before you move on, I just wanted to say this. Yeah. Jaron Jackson Jr., he's got more elements to his game than what we saw in the summer. Yes. I saw it in the last preseason game. Yeah. He has a legit left-hand hook in yep. the paint. He was giving it to uh, DeMontis Sabonis. I know Sabonis had 17 and 11, but he scored on him like four or five times in, mm-hmm. in one quarter. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., we could be looking up four or five years from now, and he could be the the first or second best player in this draft. That I think he is, is going to be a monster. I put it on record. He's going to be the most popular nationally and the best Grizzly we've ever drafted. Oh, I think so. I mean, look at this. He's nineteen. He seems to be getting better by the hour, let alone the day. You know, I see more skills. He's much more developed offensively than I thought. Uh, coming in, not only with the three point shot, but in the post, like you said, the left hand hook. Um, you know, he, he can do all sorts of things out there. He's a good passer as well. Defensive instincts. It's, and this is his first year in the league, you know, so it's, it's going to be some growing pains with the fouls and things of that nature, but I can't wait to see him develop, no doubt. Yeah. And, and he, he got some great grind in him too. As yeah. we, uh, guys, as we, uh, leave this morning, we're going to play, uh, Part of that uh, already in progress. That that CD. It's your favorite song now. Get get into. It was about half of that CD there to, toward the end there. Okay. And we're gonna play part of this as we go out today, guys. And I know you guys are talking about the Japanese guy. He's pretty good. You, Utah. But also, you did you did you did you see uh, the moves that he were making as far as his dancing skills? Yeah, he did a shoot dance. He won the dance competition <laughs> the Grizzlies. I mean, uh, an open practice. He's, you know, shot the whole team. <laughs> Everybody almost fell down seeing him uh, hit the shoot dance. Well, look, the way the way Bob is loving this Hardaway song, man, he'd be playing this at Rapers on a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's on. You know, Bob hitting the shoot dance. You know, I had to put uh, that on YouTube. Oh, oh man, hey, Black Boy JB, he came into uh, Memphis Madness where he turned it up too. He oh, had yeah. all the Tyler Harris. Tyler Harris is like. He's like a cheerleader also. I mean, I know the kid can play, but he brings that energy kind of like Markel Crawford used to do. That, I saying that dude there, he threw the ball off the backboard to himself, uh, in a game. And that's hard that's to crazy. do. crazy. And he's five what? Five, six, seven, eight? Uh, he's, he's at least five, eight. But I mean, he's just the four, first forty eight, first off. So, yeah, yeah. You know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, just start that song at the beginning there. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna Crank start it. it. Up. We're, gonna, it up. <laughs> we're gonna start it from the beginning. We're gonna play it all the way through as we leave today, and uh we'll have the weather forecast after that. Now, uh guys, hey, it's been a pleasure again. Tiger Talk Tuesday slash Grizzlies, uh, Evan Duvall and Justin Justice Bolden. Guys, thanks for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate you guys having us on. 
It's been a pleasure. And remember, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't want to work hard. There you go. Appreciate it, guys. All right, here we go. Thanks to uh, director James Bolton for bringing us this CD. Penny Hardaway. So if you ask us if we're hungry, we say very. Yeah. Now the tigers on the rise got no limit but the sky. Around anything else is our civilized. Uh, got a coach and he's a hit. And them ballers, he's recruiting, giving them fits. News Channel 3's meteorologist and weather expert will be after this. We'll see you tomorrow coming up at 11 o'clock. Force Bar and Grill with John Lawson and company. Have a good day, everybody. Yet another hot one for the Mid-South today. Temperatures will be pushing 90 degrees, nearing record high territory in some locations. Mostly sunny, southeasterly winds at 10 to 15. Tonight, chances of showers and thunderstorms start to increase across the area past midnight, turning mostly cloudy, lows in the mid-70s. Showers and thunderstorms widespread across the area for Wednesday. High temperatures tomorrow back in the mid-80s, still way above normal for this time of the year. For Wednesday night, isolated showers and thunderstorms 
thunderstorms continue, mostly cloudy, then clearing, lows in the mid-upper 50s. Much nicer for Thursday, sunny skies, high temperatures in the mid-upper 60s, clear and chilly and dry Thursday night, lows back in the upper 40s. Sunny for Friday, high temperatures in the mid-60s, should be great weather for Friday night football, and partly cloudy Friday night, lows in the lower 50s. For the weekend, starting off dry, highs on Saturday in the lower 70s, isolated showers Saturday night, lows in the upper 50s, and some showers and thunderstorms possible by Sunday, partly cloudy with highs in the lower 70s. That's a look at your latest WREG-TV News Channel 3 Severe Weather Center forecast. I'm meteorologist Austin Onyx. Stay tuned for much more coming up with Bob and Josh on Talk Back Live. This is AM 730. Serving Memphis, Tennessee, East Arkansas, and North Mississippi, this is KQPN AM 730, West Memphis, Arkansas, Memphis, Tennessee. AM 730 SB Nation's radio, your news, talk, sports, and information stations. 